Right now, though, looking forward to talking to Victoria Young, as always. She is a business correspondent for us today. She's Business Desk's investigations editor. What is going on with Fletcher Building and the very strong signal Ross Taylor has given about its half-yearly results due tomorrow and possibly his future, Victoria? Good morning. Yeah, a lot of drama on the NZX um, the last couple of days. We're sort of in the middle. Well, we're starting earnings season with quite a bang. So Fletcher Building is due to report tomorrow. That's the big event. Last week, they already indicated um, to the market that the New Zealand International Convention Centre, which is the Sky City, uh, adjacent to Sky City Development, and the... uh, I think it was Puhu who could walk with um, one of their other construction projects, that there were major provisions uh, coming for those what they call legacy developments because they don't do them anymore because they're too hard. Um, so they signalled this last week. Um, you know, it's fine. A lot of, a lot of companies have been um, you know, guiding the market ahead of um, earnings season. However, yesterday the company came out, put – the shares into a halt and said, one, we need to halt because um, analysts, the analyst expectations of our results, I can't remember the words they used, but they indicated that they were off kilter and that, you know, the market wasn't really understanding the business. So they've they've halted the shares. In that disclosure, and this is an ASX disclosure, which is kind of interesting because their rules are a little bit different. Their disclosure regime is a bit heavier. So in that disclosure, there was a letter from Fletcher's uh, lawyers, Russell McVeigh, and it said that Ross Taylor, the chief executive, is considering his his position. So this guy who came in about four or five years ago, he came in as a Mr. Fix-It, right? He, you know, these are legacy, well, you know, they call them legacy issues because they were under sort of a previous uh, regime. They were definitely under a previous um, chief executive. But these issues, um, the vertical construction projects and the IPLEX um, pipe problem, which we've talked about in the past, plus, you know, we're looking at down cycle in our residential construction sector. This is all weighing on, on Fletcher. It's weighing on the share price. And now, you know, it's weighing on um, Ross Taylor. How significant for him to signal that I mean, it is such a strong signal. We'll consider his position. Um, how unusual is it to do that? And again, is this about the requirement to be forthcoming to the stock exchange about yeah. potential significant events? Yeah, I've not really seen um, this before. And the thing is, this we had these issues. We. Fletcher Building had these issues under the previous chief executive, um, Mark Addison, Adamson, and the sort of theory at the time was he was such a personality or he was of a certain leadership nature that nobody would front up when there were issues. And that's how all these issues sort of got hidden and, and kicked down, down the way. With Ross Taylor, I mean, most um, analysts and commentators, you know, I've met the guy a few times. He's He's a chief executive, but he's reasonably upfront but now now that we've had like the last I'd say the last 18 months of surprises basically of more skeletons coming out of the closet 
you know, people are seriously asking questions about this guy. But it's funny because just, you know, August 2022, I think people were saying, oh, Ross Taylor's done the job. He's He, he did he did good things. He, he tidied up in Australia. He did, you know, make some impairments. He wrote down bad acquisitions and, and that sort of thing. But he hasn't turned the ship fast enough or hard enough. But now it's not even just Ross, Catherine. I tell you, the shareholders are going to be coming out and they're going to be saying the board – you know, the chair, Bruce Hassel, who was probably one of the last ones of that previous regime, you know, could be, you know, there'd be serious questions over their future. Look, you touched on something that's important as well. Yes, there are legacy issues, and there's been a lot of bad luck, uh, to be blunt. I mean, the fire at Sky City, the, devail, the, 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 the um, delays on the International Convention Centre, but you have to plan for luck, you have to plan for contingencies uh, in, in this. So yes, there are the legacy issues, but you also touched on something, which is the point in the cycle that we're in, right, which is a contraction point. High costs on any borrowings, high interest rates, um, and the biggie, which is the... Um, Ironically, for a construction company, we, we, we've seen this huge increase in the costs of construction, costs of supplies, cost of labour. So it's something of a perfect storm. But that in itself shouldn't be the issue. It's the reporting, previous reporting that is now having to be amended. That starts to become a confidence issue, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's downgrade after downgrade after downgrade. And you know, the companies, you know, it's... It's still profitable. It's it's still making money, but it's millions. It's millions of dollars that are just, you know, sort of coming out of nowhere and unseen. And, you know, these construction projects, I think, you know, the the Puhold Walk was in, I think it's an airport car park as well. Oh, no, that's Wellington. Just, I'll tell yeah, you about that. But Puhold yeah. to walk with, if you look at the cost blowouts and all the complex darn issues that went over um, uh, Transmission Gully. Th- th- this is another thing. I-, I-, I recall going way back before, I don't even know, it was before the previous guy's time, the Christchurch rebuild, right? Massive construction projects. And the-, the debate there was that the way we go about these things is that we put companies into a cost competition battle and they basically underbid. They, they-, they don't... Uh, they, they try and win the competition to, to get the to get the contract, and then of course the costs blow out. That seems to be a behaviour that goes with this sector. Um, but you know, those building of those uh, motorways now just guaranteed to blow out. Um, the airport one is really interesting. I was reading the New Zealand Herald's and Gibson's column yesterday. I think I've got it here somewhere. Just you know, the questions going in again to. The company. Why is there this hold up with with Wellington Airport? I, I think she was reading an, a Taylor speech from last Monday. We've been in discussions with the airport on possible solutions to the structural quality issues in the car park through the last six months, and why these have not been fully agreed. We now consider we have appropriate technical solution. Fifteen million dollar provision, and then you go to the company, and what are the what are the issues? What's wrong with the car park? The issues of the building are not structural. The airport spokesperson said, "It's the information." flow that also starts to impact confidence yeah and i was looking at the the analyst um target prices um for the stock or their forecast for the stock and they are there is i mean i mean of course people have different views but there's 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 quite a range so they can't um they can't read into it either you know i mean the i mean the other one that the pipe issue i'm looking at the Craig's um, investment partners there. This is in Australia, right? Yeah, this is the Australian yeah, issue yeah, of yeah. the pipes that keep breaking in these these poor homeowners' roofs um, and, and walls. Um, 
so, you know, Craig's investment partners, I think their estimate on how much it's going to cost Fletcher is like between 50 million and a billion. <laughs> you know, <there's... laughs> you see, this is, this is something else about the sector. Uh, and it's always been seen as a slightly sexy sector, I think, by investors. Mm. Mm. But when you bring together the the, the massive increase in um, material costs, well, we presume they are because we're certainly being charged 30 40% more, aren't we, for building or for um, uh, renovation. The, the, the costs attached to it, the cost overruns that seem to be part of some of these big projects, uh, and then some of these remediation, I mean, they've popped up, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've popped up in the apartment documentary as well with... Um, uh, one of the apartments there, that again, what the, the right thing was done, that the re, the apartment remediation happened mm. and was paid for by the company. But two points, these things just seem to cost proportionately more than they used to, to do. And then second, the other thing is the, the open communication about what's going on. Any number of industries, you may need to do remediation, but but you need to keep the market and the public informed and confident that you're on you're on top and have contingency. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but the thing is, the thing with Fletcher is that it's a big company. Yes, it know? is. In the retail sector, you know, it's in the retail. It's placemakers might attend. You know, it's got strongholds. It's got market position in so many categories. So, I think you know what people will be thinking is. Operationally, it's it's not being run right, run right, and somebody right. else needs to come in and and do the job. All right. Well, more will be learned. So, what time is this all going to happen tomorrow? What time does the reporting happen? Uh, we're expecting it before the market opens. I think about eight o'clock. That's in yep, the morning. That's, yeah, right. Yep, that's when it will all go off. And then um, again, were there to be a consequent announcement, would that happen immediately? It has to happen when the stock exchange is either trading. I think. Yeah. When I it's think, trading. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a call scheduled. I think for about more, ten thirty, eleven. I'm right. Not sure of the detail, but yeah, it will all it will all go off tomorrow. So it'll know, all go off tomorrow morning. By the looks of it, I think this yeah. webinar at eleven a.m. a briefing eleven a.m. Mm. for on the half year results. Okay, Victoria, thank you. Let's move on. This is fascinating too, isn't it? And uh, this is into the justice sector now. For quite a long time, lawyers have been looking at ways to hold companies and governments, but particularly governments, accountable for climate change. Right. Uh, this is fascinating. This is Mike Smith, well-known, obviously a long-time activist, long-time um, iwi leader, getting the go-ahead to sue seven companies directly for climate-related damage. Now, this doesn't mean it will be successful, but he, it means they've, it's been determined that he's got a case to bring, right? Can you update us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically said is that the door's open now to find this this in law to find that there could be a breach, whether there has been a breach is is the other question. This is the way that sort of, um, you know, taught and sort of these laws develop. They're very sort of um, piecemeal, I guess, is the way to explain it. Mm. So um, what um, Mike Smith is seeking is in what I find kind of, well, you probably know him better, but, you know, it's fascinating because he's not, he's not seeking money, obviously. He's seeking declarations and he's seeking... Um, a, a halt or, or an injunction. He wants them to stop their activities, um, which is which is quite a big, quite far-reaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite far-reaching. So let's run through the seven companies: Fonterra, <laughs> Genesis Energy, Dairy Holdings, NZ Steel, Z Energy, Channel Infrastructure, and BT Mining. Um, that would have a, a significant uh, impact, obviously, on, on on all of us. But pick up from here with the nature of the case and where it's at. Yeah. So. 
The legal question has been, you know, are these companies either being negligent, um, you know, did they owe a duty of care, or what actually the Supreme Court did find um, more um, possible, more plausible, and obviously, you know, again, they didn't say they've found this, but they've said it could be found, is the idea that it's a public nuisance. So public nuisance is is a tort, but it's based on the idea of, you know, polluting a river and, and, and those sorts of concepts. So um, I was actually looking through the transcript last night of, of what happened and kind of, you know, basically what the companies were trying to say and the way that they were trying to distance is – one, they were saying, I think, I think their lawyer tried to describe it, or the lawyer for Frontera at least tried to describe it as an elephant. And once you sort of let the elephant out, you can't put it back in. So they were saying, you guys need to kick this a touch before it gets really, really complicated. Because when it goes to trial, there will be a huge sort of, I mean, I, 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 a trial like this, it's, it's going to take, it's got to take at least. 10 weeks I reckon because there's going to be so much evidence and not just like the actual evidence of how much each corporate um, emits or what is the cause but then the expert evidence on does that really you know cause a harm to and in particular you know like this is a sort of because it's been brought and taught he's doing it on a semi-personal basis although related to his iwi and his rights to his land you know what is the connection? How close is the proximity? Or how how much is there really damage? Um, well, the, the case the, the case itself is one thing. The idea of an injunction to stop all those other activities is on a completely different level. But all the Supreme Court did was refuse to strike out the case. Right. So now it's back to I don't know whatever level of court it's at at the moment yeah. to yeah. debate uh, how it might unfold. I suppose what it is is a hell of a wake-up call to companies that this nice new kind of reporting they're doing and being required to do increasingly if they are uh, NZX listed might end up having a few more teeth than they originally thought. It's not a little tick-box exercise. Um, And that it is possible that case law in time, um, if not statute law, might begin to build that deals with their obligations in, in these activities. Yeah, yeah, they'll be shuddering at this because even though it's not there yet and it, and it may take years before it to come to trial, a lot of interesting stuff might come out in discovery and we don't know how public that process is going to be. We don't know what Mike Smith and his, you know, very, you know, strong legal team are going to ask for, which might, it might I mean... Well, what you, know, you ask be, for and what you get is a different matter. Yeah, that's but you, true. If you, if you look at a different example here, if we look at cigarette smoking, for example... And the decades and decades and decades until, um, you know, actions were brought there, a lot of it was based on what you knew at the time. It's a bit more complicated, this, in some ways. Um, Hiding what you know, and certainly there is evidence, I've seen it in video form, that decades and decades ago, some major international oil companies, scientists were advising them exactly what was going to happen with the climate, Um, that knowledge is one thing, but we, we're all kind of collectively responsible with the use of these companies' products. None of us can pretend we don't know what the implications are, and yet we continue as consumers to use it. And so the question's now not hiding what you know. It's about where the liability for the products and services lies. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, a... That's a quite mind-expanding prospect. I mean, can you and I be sued for filling our cars up with petrol? 
Yeah, that's exactly the example that um, Justice Koch raised. It's no, I don't. We 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 won't be, and then that's sort of what they discussed. But the the proximity and the obligation between those private companies and the public at large, or or Mike Smith himself, um, you know, you know, might just be there. And I mean, I think the case, an interesting side effect to this, the case of of, of suing the government. Actually, the government is the policy setter. And the government also, um, through um, as representative of the crown, um, arguably has a you know a, a responsibility and a duty towards specific iwi. It's look, it's really interesting stuff. Um, and I think the signal, as we just discussed, to these companies is don't just think these new requirements on you are a, are a tick box exercise to make you yeah, look good. Yeah, and the, the other thing, the law, just, the law is coming. <laughs> yeah, the other thing I just need to point out is, you know, it's not just coming and taught. We've got these greenwashing claims under the Fair Trading Act. Mm. You know, these lawyers are smart. They're finding other ways as well of getting mobilised and really moving the dial. And I think, you know, some of the legal industry, they're they're excited to be on these cases, I think, because it's really, um, you know, it it will be world-leading if we really push further in this. Mm. And then, you know, um, it's really going to impact or it will be noticed around the world at least. Deval Property Group's financial forecast. Is this another company not enjoying reporting season? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a quite an interesting one because this is a private company, so it doesn't, um, it doesn't produce statutorily. Well, it doesn't produce reports that we can see. But what we have been leaked. Um, one of my colleagues, Brent Melville, who has just been all over this company because it has got a lot of unhappy um, investors. Basically, he has been leaked. An information memorandum, which was prepared last year for investors in some of um, Duval's property funds, um, to um, to change their loans to shares, with the forward-looking um, prospect of an initial public offering. So that is what that is the context around what this um, information has been prepared for. Yeah, in these um, in this information memorandum, it shows that yeah, you got liabilities of two hundred and ten million, which exceed obviously one hundred and eighty eight point six million in assets. So you're twenty four million out in September last year. So that's at a point of time when these this was prepared, which means you know it is lawyers would say technically insolvent at the time. So scary. I mean. Firms can trade technically while they're insolvent. They have to do a lot around it and have to have a lot of, of support. But this is, you know, what Duval is is looking at. I mean, they say the line that they've given us is that it is, uh, let me check because legally I've got to be sure of this, that, um, um, well, they say that it's um, commercially sensitive, but it's never had any event of insolvency. So, yeah, really interesting one because this is obviously taking market taking money from private investors, so less disclosures, but what we're seeing in here is um, difficulty. Thank you so much, Victoria Young. She is Investigations uh, Editor for Business Desk, which is businessdesk.co.nz.